0: Verse number 7 of Second Timothy chapter 1 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear. Thank God for that. Amen. The spirit of God has given us. It's not the spirit of constantly walking around and worrying about the coming uh, next year, what's coming around the corner, what's around the bend. Bible said is the wicked flee from no man pursueth but the righteous as bold as a lion not because we're prideful in ourselves not that we're self absorbed we're not boasting in ourselves but our confidence in the Lord we simply know who he is The Bible says, I will not fear. What can man do unto me? Why? Because the Lord is on my side. Jesus says, fear not them that kill the body, but not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of a sound mind. If there's ever a day in our country today that we could use some sound thinking in the midst of the insanity in our society, it is today. I I wonder where people come up with what they do what they're thinking about. But when you anchor your soul in the Lord and the Word of God, it will help your mind to start thinking straight. It will help you to start to seeing things correctly. The Bible talks about the maniac the Gordelium. Uh, the demon-possessed man running around naked in the tombs, cutting himself out of his mind. But when he met Jesus, they came to him. And the Bible said there he sat clothed, and I love this, in his right mind. When you meet Jesus, you'll get in your right mind. If you claim you know you've met Him and everything is the same it was before you met Him, mark this down. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but if it's the same, you have not met Him. Because anyone that meets Jesus, he's going to be a changed creature. He's not going to be the same. Uh, He's going to be something different. The Bible says you become a new creature in Christ. Don't tell me you met God and you're still the same old sinful man that you were. I'm glad I've met Jesus. I, I can't claim nothing on my own. All I can do is bow my unworthy head and lift up my unworthy arms and say, thank you, God. It's what you have done for me. Thanks to Calvary. I'm not what I used to be. (laughs) It's because of the Lord this morning. He said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me, His prisoner. But be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, Mm. who have saved us, who has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, don't boast in yourself. You're nothing but a worthless sinner. Not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus for the Word of World, would God knew who you were before you were born. He knew just how wicked you were. He knew what you crawled out of and God said before the world was formed, I will give you grace. Thank you. But is now making manifested by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who have abolished death and have brought life and immortality to the life through the gospel. Where until I am appointed a preacher and a gospel, possible of the teacher of the the Gentiles, for which this cause I also suffer these things. Isn't that amazing? Paul is saying simply in the light of the fact that he is saved and serving God, that's why he is suffering. That is why he said, "For the which cause, why are you suffering, Paul? Why are you in jail, Paul? Why do people hate you, Paul? Why have they stoned you? Why have they beaten you? Why are you suffering, Paul?" He says for two reasons: I'm suffering for all that I've done. I'm suffering for the uh, the things that I'm doing for two reasons. Because I'm saved. I'm serving God. When you're saved and you're serving God, can I say this? You become a target. He said in chapter 3, yea, and all that live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. It's not a might It is not a maybe. Paul said, I'm suffering for the reason because I am saved and I'm serving God. Please don't ever get to the place in your life to say, I will get saved so I don't suffer persecution. Don't ever get to the point in your life thinking coming to God and God's going to remove all the persecution. Don't ever get to that point. God will take all of my problems away if I get saved. Why are you serving? for two reasons. I'm saved and I'm serving God. If you think just because people are saved and serving God they don't have problems. I'm telling you the ones that are shouting the most have the most problems problems in their life today but they have salvation. Can I say salvation is not a quick fix scheme for your problems of your heartaches and your burdens. Can Can I say that Just because you come to the Lord, you think you're going to get everything gone. You think you're going to get everything right. You think everything's going to be good in your life again. But let me just say this. It's not going to always be that way. Do you know the the devil hates you this morning? Because you live for God. Bible says we are in a war. What do we have to do with that? What's that got to do with that word you're trying to tell us? Well, I'm going to tell you like Ernest T. Bass always said when they asked him about the rocks. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Can I tell you, there's never ever been a soldier that donned the uniform of a soldier in this country that ever stepped out on a battlefield and when the bullets start running around their heads and the shells start going over their heads and got out there and said, why are they persecuting me? Why are they hating me? I'm just going to quit. No! They knew when they signed up uh, that they were going to have to face they were going to have to face an enemy and I'm telling you this morning that because you signed up because you came to the altar you signed that contract with Jesus Christ I believe in you I'm trusting you I'm going to surrender myself because you signed that contract you are now in a war the enemy is coming after you this morning I feel like preaching this morning. Here's the word that I want you to get into your heart this morning. Paul says, I'm suffering. Paul says, they're out to get me. I'm locked up in jail. But yet he throws this word at us. And here's the word that you need to get in your heart this morning. Here's the word that you need to grab a hold of. For the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, it simply means, in spite of. Paul says I'm being persecuted. I'm being chated. I've been stoned. I've been beaten. People are trying to kill me. But nevertheless, in spite of all that I'm going through, in spite of all the hate, in spite of my sickness, in spite of the prison, in spite of that, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I knew, know whom I believed and persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He says, Nevertheless. And I see you? there's needs to be some nevertheless Christians today in this world. You need to get it down in your heart this morning. That even sufferings may come this year, and it will. Even though the devil may camp out around your house, and he will. And even though your friends may leave you, your families may come against you, and they will. Even though heartaches, burdens may come, and they will. And things come at you, you don't know how or why, but all of a sudden they're there. And it may wreck your life. It may upset you. But be a nevertheless Christian. Nevertheless, Paul says, I'm sick, I'm prison, and I've been beaten, and I've been stoned, and I've been whipped. But nevertheless, in spite of all that, I'm not ashamed. I am persuaded that whom I have committed is able. See, a lot of us need to get persuaded and committed that God is able Get this in your heart, the nevertheless, in spite of that, I'm still going to go live for God. In spite of that, I'm still going to walk for God. In spite of that, I'm going to be faithful. In spite of that, I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do. Thank you. I-, I can't help myself thinking about some churches, people, that are walking through the valleys. Heartaches and burdens on their lives. You know what kind of Christians, the mentality they've got in spite of that. Did my loved one die in spite of that? Did sickness come my way in spite of that? Did cancer follow my body in spite of that? Nevertheless, I'm going to walk with God. Nevertheless, I'm going to read my Bible. Nevertheless, I'm going to serve God. Nevertheless, I'm going to go to church. Nevertheless, I'm still going to tell the world about what he's done for me. Nevertheless, I'm not quitting on God. I'm not quitting on God. I'm not throwing the towel in, I'm not going to back up, I'm going to keep serving God. Some of y'all need to make your mind up this morning. It may come to my house, it may rock my world, (laughs) but nevertheless. In spite of that, God has been good. Salvation has been wonderful. Heaven is real. The Bible is true. And all of that, nevertheless, I will serve God. Put this in your heart. That you will say this year, Lord, I want to be a nevertheless type Christian. Not that I have trouble. Not, not because I come to you because I have trouble. But I serve God in spite of my trouble. In spite of it. Nevertheless. Say it like the apostle said it. Everybody turned. From the Lord, they ran off, and the Lord looked at the disciples and said, "Are you going to leave me too? You suffer a little bit now. Now now that the heart is turned up a little bit, the heat's turned up a little bit, are you going to go?" Peter usually puts his foot in his mouth every time it opens. Peter said something that just get into your heart. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? (laughs) Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that Thou art Christ, the Son, living God set in your soul Lord where I'm going to go I, I I don't have to go around the crowd I may burn some bridges I may lose some family members I may lose some friends uh, but nevertheless I am going to go with God I'm not giving up I I I can't go back. Can I tell you, I I can't go back because I burnt bridges back there. I I can't go back to that old crowd that I used to hang out with because I got a target on my back. So Lord, I I want to be that nevertheless Christian in spite of all that's coming my way. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to stay with you. I have no other place to go but to God. But to God. Let me give you three nevertheless that you need to get in your heart this morning. You need to have the nevertheless of commitment. Paul said, I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I believe and persuaded is able to keep that which is committed unto him that day against that day. Paul says, I have a nevertheless commitment. In spite of that, what's going on? I'm committed to this. Why, why is Paul so committed? We say, we say things like this. And David said it. Is there not a cause? We say, is there is there not a cause worth fighting for? And, and that's true. But I want y'all to know something this morning. <laughs> I'm not serving a cause. I, I'm not serving a cause. I, I, I'm not wandering around about a cause. I am not committed to a cause. What are you committed to, preacher, if you're not committed to a cause? And certainly church is a good cause. Certainly Christ is a good cause. I'm committed to the same thing Paul is committed to. You say, what is he committed to? He said, not committed to a cause. He says, he is committed to Christ. I'm committed to Christ. Well, look what he said when he was committed to. Nevertheless, I, I'm not ashamed for I whom, I, and whom, not a cause, I have believed and, I, and persuaded that he is able to keep me that which I have committed to him against that day. Paul says, I'm not committed to a cause. I'm not committed to myself. i tell you what I am committed to. I am committed to a person, and that person is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He left that world to come to this world for me. I I get bothered with some Christians. They they quit church. And they quit everything. Quit quit the Bible. Quit everything on God. And and I I hear this all the time. And I I, want to lay hands on them. Not biblical way, but I want to lay hands on them. I hear this all the time. Well, I got hurt. You got hurt in church? Whoa. And, and I'm not making light of that. You can get hurt in church. I've been hurt in church. I know some pastors that should not be preaching. They, they hurt the flock. They, they, they were nothing but hirelings and they scattered. You can get hurt yes, you can. in church. I'm not making light of that because it does happen. And I'm telling you, it will happen and it will continue to happen. I'm not making light of that. But I'm not committed to them, (laughs) I'm not serving them, I'm serving God. He says, I'm not committed to a man or an institution. I was committed to to the one that loved me and gave himself for me. He gave all for me. At least I can be committed to him not the church which is great to be committed to the church and i beg you to be committed to the church but the church is not your main focus to be committed to it is great to be committed to each other it is great to be committed to each other but i'm tell you when you come to the church you should be committed to Christ he died for you he suffered and bled for you and not i not you for me be committed to him i am committed in spite of what people might say about you. Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 16. But shun profane and vain babbling, for they will increase unto more godliness. And their words will eat at, doeth a canker. It's like a cancer. Hmm. <laughs> words have a way to penetrate your heart in a negative way, in a positive way. We as Christians, we as Christians, need to start learning the words that brings positivity in somebody's life instead of negative into somebody's life. And you start preaching the words, and it becomes negative in somebody's life. You are guilty of murder. Nevertheless, I'm still serving God. They may talk about me. They may throw some words about me. I've been told called a lot of things. (laughs) When I first started preaching, it got on my back real good. And the old preacher come up to me and said, Brother, if you're going to be like that every time somebody comes up and says something that you don't like, you better get out now. He said, I'm going to tell you, you need to get some thick skin because they ain't going to like you. Why? Why ain't they going to like me? Because you're telling them something they don't want to hear. You're telling them they're dying and going to hell. You're telling them they're worthless, nothing but dirt. Would you like that? Would you like somebody to come up and tell you, you worthless old dirt sinner? Well oh, no. Well that's what you're doing. But they need to hear it. Not only did he say these words, eat at you, cankers, worms that a cancer that eats at you. And I don't want anybody to do this, but Paul names them Hammaeus and Philemus. He names them. Who concerning the truth have erred, saying the, the resurrection has already passed. And overthrow the faith of some. Paul said there are those two guys they are lying about us, misrepresenting us. Their words are like canker. They will eat at you. it will eat at your heart. But watch verse 19. In spite of it, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, <laughs> having the seal of the Lord, knowing them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the Lord name of Christ depart from iniquity. Yeah. Paul says, I know something, what the people are saying. I know Himaeus and Philemon, they're saying about us, saying about you saying about the church in spite of that what they say stay committed in spite of what any, in spite of what anybody says in church to you it's not them that you serve it is God that you serve stay committed some of you might have to lose some friends in order to stay committed to God Some of you might have to lose some family in order to stay committed to God. Whatever, the only way it's going to happen. If you don't, I I thought this just now. If you don't want anybody saying anything about you, because they are, they will. They don't like your singing, don't like your looks. The only way that you will not hear that is to go out back and dig you a bigger hole and pull the dirt in over top of you. They're not going to stop saying that, but hey, you won't have to hear it. <laughs> Amen. That's Christians today. Commitment to God. I've talked about this before here. I know I have, and I I love it. Most of y'all know I love history. I I got all things about history. I'm into history, especially when it comes to military history and the things that went on. I just love this. One of the greatest letters of commitment ever written was written by a man that was facing odds that were overwhelming. And when I read that letter, it hit me. Wow, Lord, I, I like to have some of that. I, I like for that to be in my life. At the Alamo, Colonel William Travis, he's the commander of the post. It was nothing but a little mission, the church, and they turned it into a mission, and then they barricaded it as a little fort. It was about him and about 180 guys who were standing there facing the, the Mexican, the Santa Ana, all them. And it, it, it looked bad. It looked doom and gloom. But they were holding on. And he wrote this letter. You can go on and read it if you want to. But I'll read it to you. It says to the people of Texas. All Americans in the world. Boy, what a way to start a letter out. Wished our summer, our government would start out. To the people of America all Americans in this world. He he said, fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged by a thousand of more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. 180,000. It don't look good. It don't look good. I have sustained a continual bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. Whoa! The enemy has demanded a surrender at direct discretion. Otherwise, the garrisons are to be put to the sword. If the fort is taken, I have answered the demand with a cannon shot. I hope he's saved because I like to talk to him when I get to heaven. <laughs> Here's the nevertheless in spite of. Our flag still waves privately from the walls. I shall never surrender or retreat. Nevertheless, what I'm facing. Nevertheless, what I see. In spite of the enemy, they're growing daily every day. In spite of the other that just don't look right. It looks like I'm in doom. In spite of that, I will not surrender. Christians, you need some of that in your life today in spite of what's going on in the world, in spite of the devil coming after you, the flesh coming after you, and it feels like everything's against you, the the overwhelming odds are against you. You ought to say, in spite of that, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. Then I call on you in the name of liberty and patriotism and everything dear to American character to come to our aid with dispatch. Yes. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily with no doubt increased three to four thousand in four to five days. Yes. Nevertheless, in spite of that, if this call goes neglected, yes. I'm writing this, in spite of all what's coming at me, if this call goes neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due to his own honor and that of his country. Victory or death. What a letter of commitment. We ought to get that. And Then he put a PS down there I love the PS. Usually PS means something bad, but he wrote a PS. The Lord is on our side. Yeah. I'm saying amen to that. I'm telling you, that is commitment. That is commitment to say, I hope y'all come. I hope you'll help us out of this mess. But if you don't, if you're not here, and nevertheless, in spite of that, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep waving the flag. I'm going to keep fighting. Nevertheless, God is on our side. Nevertheless, we're committed. Most people know about D-Day. Most of the people that fought during D-Day, most of them are already gone on. We hear about the American side and how all that stuff, but nobody ever really talks about the German side. Well, let me talk about the Germans. They had a fighter pilot. His name was Franz Pilsner. His wingman was named Heinz Wurstack. And, and, and this was D-Day. That's when the ships and Americans coming into Normandy, thousands of ships, thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers are storming the beach, lad, and it was just like an overwhelming. And here he is, Pilps, was at his place, and they didn't send all the other planes amidst their. To the Germany to fight and help out there and he was the lone one there and he got the call go on a scrape against that beach <laughs> he's five foot five uh me <laughs> orders is orders he got in his plane. His wingmen got in with him. They brought over. They was flying up, and he, he read it over the back. And says, hey, "There's thousands of ships out here. There, there's thousands and thousands of soldiers that's come upon the beach. Uh, I, I, what can I do? Run a scrape and run across the beach." Here, this little man, by himself, facing odds, surely surely it's not gonna be good he took Tom dove down there and he said he got down to about 10 feet off the soldiers on the ground said they could actually pick him out in the lineup because he was so close they saw his face that good he got back survived the war lived to be I think he died and it was a hundred years old when he died And I got to thinking about this. This guy was so committed to a nut. Hitler. I mean, he was so committed to him that he's willing to sacrifice his life for him. How much more should we be committed to God who sacrificed his life for us? Who gave us everything? How much more should we not be committed to God? Because God done so much to us. God has been too good to us. Why can't we cannot be committed to him like he was to a nut? My God's not a nut. But he was so committed to him. And I thought, man, Christians, we need some of that. We need some of that commitment in our life that we're going to serve God no matter what comes on. I'm going to serve God no matter what, what the odds look like. I'm going to serve God no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm dealing with, no matter what heartache may come, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to stay committed to God. Amen. We need that. God give us the nevertheless commitment this morning in our lives. Amen. We have the nevertheless of commitment. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. I'll try to get through here quick. We have the nevertheless of commitment, but here there's the nevertheless of comfort. Now, I, I've preached this before. I, every time I go back, I say, man, I've done that before. God said, you ain't done it this way. That's okay, God, got gotcha. you. This word should be put on your refrigerator every time you open that door. It, it should be put on your mirror in the morning that when you get up out of your bed, you go to the living room. You know what most people do when they first thing they cut on the light in the bathroom? What's the first thing they do? If, if they ain't got to do a necessary thing they got to do. <laughs> the first thing they do, they, they look in the mirror. Amen. Some of y'all need to go back home and look in the mirror again. It it, it, it might frighten some of us. But the first thing we do is look in that mirror. And and we say, Lord, we need that. He he says, now we we got the uh, nevertheless of comfort. He he said, verse number five, for when we were come unto Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Now, y'all remember that Macedonian campaign, don't you? That's in Acts chapter number 16. That is when Paul gets locked up in the Philippian jail and gets beaten, gets hung up in shackles, but God gets him out with a jail-high rock. In the middle of the night, God delivers him. But they were troubled on every side without, were without fightings, within fears, Even the great apostle who just told us God has not given us the fear of spirit of fear. He says, I'm telling you, I was kind of fearful there. I was kind of fearful there. He said, We were troubled on every side without within fightings within our fears. Nevertheless, God that comforteth those that are cast down, comfort us. Us by sin coming of Titus in spite of the flesh in spite of the fighting in spite of the fears Paul says we have problems we have problems in the flesh we have fighting's going on we're, we're a little bit scared but in spite of all that God sent us in comfort how many Christians here this morning could say with me this morning Preach, I know what it's like to have problems. I I know what it's like to have troubles in the flesh. No rest in my flesh. Burdens in my heart. Burdens in my soul. Preacher, there's something going on in my life that has always been on my mind and there's no rest from it. Fighting all around me. Constantly fighting with the devil. Constantly fighting with the world. Preacher, I know what it's like to be fearful of tomorrow. Oh, but somebody join me this morning and say, I also know what it's right to be in the middle of all that. Nevertheless, in spite of all that, there was a God that got in the middle of my problems, that got in the middle of my pain and comforted me in spite of it. You say, where do you find that at in the Bible? Well, I found it in Daniel's chapter 3. The three Hebrew boys looking at the king and said, Oh, oh, king, let it be known unto thee that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou have set up king looked at him and says y'all know i'm gonna throw you in the fire if you don't you, you know that if you don't bow down at the sound of the music I, i'm gonna throw you in the fire the boy's looking up and says oh king our god whom is able to deliver us. Here's the nevertheless. But if not, we're still not going to bow down to your gods. We're still not going to worship your image. And right in the middle of a, the no rest in their flesh, right in the middle of all that fighting, right in the middle of all that fear of being cast into the furnace, what happens right in the middle of all that? Somebody got in the furnace with them. Listen to me. Get this in your heart this morning. He didn't keep them from going in. He could have. He could have split the clouds back and said, Stop! That ain't going to happen today. But He didn't. He didn't. He let them get bound. He let them get cast in. So that he could step over and get in it with them. (laughs) My mind goes crazy sometimes when I read this stuff. Here they throw them boys in and slew the ones who cast them in because the fire was seven times hotter and killed them. And he threw them in and there Jesus steps over him, walking around, says, "Boys, fire's kind of good when I'm in it with, ain't it?" I'm telling you, the fire's good when God's in it with you. Hey, I'm telling you, trouble's good when God's in it with you. Burdens are good when God's in it with you. When you're facing the enemy and it looks overwhelming, but it's still good when God's in it with you. Can I tell you something? I've been in fires in my life. I I haven't enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Lord, Why? Why? I know what it's like to be in hot fire of life and feel the presence of a holy God step in and teach me and grab a hold of me and say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you to the very end. I'll be with you until always. When nobody else will be there with you, when nobody else will stand beside you, (laughs) nevertheless, God will. In spite of all that, God's there. We see the nevertheless of commitment, the nevertheless of comfort. Go to with me, Second Peter. Second Peter, I'm about finish. I'm about finish. Nevertheless of commitment, nevertheless of comfort. Then we see the nevertheless of the coming Lord. Second Peter chapter 3. Knowing this first, there shall come in the last day's scoffers. You hear them today? You goofy Christians. <laughs> why, why do y'all do that? Y'all are crazy. You say what you will. Say what you want. Laugh all you want. Scoffers walking after their own lust and saying there is the promise of the coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning as the creation. From this they willingly are in ignorant of that from the word of God the heavens were all of old and the earth standing out of the waters and in the waters whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in a store, reserved in the fire against the day of judgment, perdition of ungodly, mm, ungodly men, sinners, backsliders. Whew, God's got something for you. But love, being be not ignorant of the one thing that the day is the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish. God don't want you to die and go to hell. He sent His Son to die upon the cross. All you got to do is receive Him and walk after Him. Amen. That all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away and the great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved that manner of person ought, ye ought to be in all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hastening unto the committing of the day of God. Wherein the heavens being a fire shall be dissolved, and the earth, the elements shall melt with fervent heat. I, I know what the scoffers are saying. I, I know the world is burning. But here's the word. Verse 13. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. In spite of what they say, in spite of what they do, nevertheless. We, according to the promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwell of righteousness. In spite of how bad this world looks, in spite of how messed up it is, lift up your head. We're not living for this world. We're living for another world. Nevertheless, in spite of all there is another world coming. There is a new earth and a new heaven. There's a place where righteousness dwells. There's a day when the King of Kings and the Lord Lord steps out and shall rule and reign with the rod of iron. And on that day, that day, we the kingdom we have been looking for. All this time. We will say this. I am glad I said in spite of all that. I waited on this. Nevertheless. (laughs) Get this. Nevertheless. This made the journey worth it. This made the trip bearable. It was worth it all. See, and at times the days seem long and our trials are hard to bear. We're tempted to complain and murmur and despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch His bride away and all tears forever over the God eternal day. It will be worth it when we see Jesus. Lives and trials will soon be small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will cease. So bravely run the race with Christ. Nevertheless, put this in your heart. I'm looking for this year to be a nevertheless year in spite of what goes on, in spite of what I have to face. Uh, I am a nevertheless Christian. I'm not giving up. I'm not walking back. I'm not backing up. I'm not throwing a towel. I'm going to keep on serving God. I'm going to keep on reading my Bible. I'm going to keep on coming to the church. I'm just going to keep on keeping on with God. nevertheless, Are you a nevertheless Christian this morning? Is it so rooted, welded inside of your heart, tied to it into your soul? I want to be a nevertheless Christian this morning. I'm tired of playing in and out, wishy-washy. I want to be committed. When I get committed, I can find the comfort. And when I find the comfort, I know that I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. Hey, nevertheless, Christian, let us stand this morning.